Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. With the new year just a couple of days away now, a number of new laws are about to hit the books here in Illinois and uh, other places as well, I'm sure. Uh, Perhaps locally none more controversial and complicated than the legislation entitled Compassionate Use of Medical Cannabis Pilot Program. That new law makes Illinois the 19th state uh, to allow for the use of marijuana in some form for medical purposes. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and there's a great deal of complexity to this new law, so I'm fortunate to have with me today Cameron Monty. Cameron, uh, who you've heard before on the podcast, is a partner at Lavelle Law Limited, and he has also just released a new book entitled The Illinois Medical Marijuana Law FAQ Handbook. That's available on Amazon.com. Um, a great primer, great deal of information in there uh, about the law and how it's going to affect many people throughout the state. So we've got a lot to cover. Uh, Cameron, first of all, congratulations on the new book, and thanks for making the time to talk to us about it today. Thanks, Jim. I'm, I'm happy to, to be here and hopefully can answer any questions you might have. Well, here's the first one, maybe the toughest one. Um, Obviously, you're very busy in the practice. Uh, you've, you've been involved in a lot of things in the community over the years, um, uh, very active in, in a number of areas. Why did you want to write a book? What was the impetus behind uh, taking this project on? Well, uh, it, it definitely is a, a, a law uh, unlike no other, I think. I think it, it affects so many areas of, uh, of our, our daily lives, whether it's, you know, an employer-employee standpoint, uh, law enforcement standpoint, health care, um, you know, of course, patients who, who uh, have a medical condition that um, could benefit from the medical uh, mar- use of, of marijuana. Um, so there, there's so many facets of our, our just our everyday, um, you know, living that this act will somehow affect one you know one way or another i don't think there's a, a chance that you could go through a, a week and not somehow be affected mm-hmm. and is the purpose of the law here in Illinois basically just to regulate what may have been sort of a inevitable situation that was coming based on what other states were doing so that the state wanted to kind of have a process in place to handle it i think that's correct i mean there's um obviously with with the controversy of the use of medical marijuana. Um, there's obviously opponents and uh, proponents to to this type of um, use of marijuana. Um, the you know there's four uh, different departments of, of uh, and agencies of Illinois that are going to uh, be mandated to kind of carry out and enforce and supervise the um, the act and and hopefully. Um, with some guidance from how other states have handled this, um, we will have a, um, a pretty good foundation in place. Um, you know, the, the, with the effective date of January 1st, and and then there's 120 days for these agencies to implement their rules and regulations and application processes and procedures. So, um, in a way, it's kind of be it's kind of good not to be the first state to do it, um, mm-hmm. and knowing that there's 19 other states uh, or jurisdictions that have done it before us, so we can have, kind of learn from them. So you you mentioned uh, something important there. You said January 1st is the effective date, but then these agencies have uh, 
uh, four months or so to put everything in place. So, so really, what happens January first? Do we do we have a a law that people can start to adhere to, or is it really then the process starts to take shape and it really doesn't take effect until later in the year? Well, for 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 our purposes, is it it it, um, it goes into effect on the first, but in, in in actuality, without the foundation of the rules and uh, processes and procedures by you know the Illinois Department of Health or the Illinois Department of Agriculture, um, they they need to take some time to make sure that they have these uh, processes in place, and and that's why the act gave them 120 days after January 1st to implement um, and establish these these um, you know stages so we can uh, finally for those who who need to use uh, uh, me- medical cannabis cannabis to to relieve um, you know pain uh, from debilitating uh, medical conditions can then start using so in in, in uh, that's kind of the long winded way of saying that although it goes uh, into effect on the first in, in reality um, most people will not be able to enjoy uh, the benefits of this law. Uh, until probably around um, you know April, May, or in June, somewhere around there, until everything's kind of in place. And you know, I, I mentioned when we talked about it at the beginning, I uh, gave the title, and, and in the name of the legislation, inclu- was included the words "pilot program." Does that mm-hmm. kind of throw off a red flag? I mean, what, what exactly does that mean? Well, it's a pilot program, and, I, and um, you know, this is a little bit of speculation, but I, um, the pilot program basically means that this law is um, effective uh, for four years unless the Illinois legislature um, extends it or creates a new law that, that will somehow keep, keep it um, moving forward beyond uh, 2017, the end of 2017. So um, I've actually been asked that question by um, some other um, uh, newspapers and stuff, and I, I, I really think it's, it's it was sort of an out for the legislature to say, you know, kind of dip their toe in it and see how how we are able to, um, you know, control and operate um, this type of law and just make sure it's effective and it runs smoothly. And and if there's, you know, I guess the burdens outweigh the benefits, then it gives the gives the uh, legislature uh, sort of an easy sunset, you know. Um, to, um, to to no longer uh, allow it, allow the use. Now, your uh, your book, the Illinois Medical Marijuana Law FAQ Handbook, is going to cover a lot more detail than than our time will allow us to do today. But in a nutshell, quick overview, can you kind of tell us a little bit about the medical conditions that are covered? I mean, is it any medical condition someone could potentially uh, use the cannabis for this, or is it restricted to certain conditions? Um, well, under the Act, there are specific uh, medical conditions. In fact, there's, I believe, 33, um, you know, including um, uh, probably ones you can guess off the top of your head, like uh, cancer, HIV, AIDS, um, fibromyalgia, um, MS, you know, those type of diseases. Um, so it, there, there are a laundry list of, of conditions that the Act provides for that if you suffer from um, one of those medical conditions listed and can be um, certified by a physician that there would be a benefit to you using uh, medical cannabis, then um, you, you may be eligible to become a registered patient under the Act and then lawfully use marijuana uh, for medicinal purposes. Um, one, one thing, though, to point out, though, the, the Act does 
provide that if your condition is not specifically listed under the Act, you can petition to the Illinois Department of Health and um, see if you can add, have your condition added to, to the list. So um, just because uh, it's not listed in the Act um, as of right now does not mean that, um, you know, you're out of luck and, and, and you won't be able to benefit under this Act. You could, you could still petition to, um, to see if you can use the benefits of marijuana for, for your condition if it's uh, appropriate. Now, you mentioned a minute ago um, uh, a process of, of registering to be a patient. Can you tell us a little bit about how that's, how that's going to take place? Sure. Um, you know, there, there is a, an application process that, um, that you will have to go through if you are a patient suffering from um, one of the debilitating con- medical conditions. So, um, you know, th- the application process will in- entail receiving a written certification from a physician that, um, you know, the medical mar- marijuana would be recommended to help your condition. Um, you know, there's privacy waivers that you have to agree to. Uh, you, you'll have to provide medical records, of course. There will be some type of application or, or um, you know, with, uh, after a year renewal fee. Um, and then, uh, you know, you'll have to designate uh, the, the dispensing organization that you uh, will uh, be obtaining your medical cannabis from. Uh, so there's, there's a, laundry, a laundry list of, of, of steps that you have to go through in order to uh, qualify to become a lawful uh, medical marijuana user. My guest today is Attorney Cameron Money, a partner at Lavelle Law Limited. He's just authored a new book, uh, The Illinois Medical Marijuana Law FAQ Handbook. It provides an outstanding analysis of this new law. It doesn't really you know, cover the agree-disagree point of view on the law, but instead focuses on, on how it's going to be implemented and how it will impact many constituencies throughout the state. Now, Cameron, over the weekend I read a, an article in the, in the paper about a, a local school district that has uh, implemented a policy regarding medical marijuana, and I think the outcome was that they said that you know staff and students will not be allowed to use it on premises. Does, does the state law provide for that? I mean, can anyone make their own set of rules about it now, or, or didn't the law say, well, this is you know now available and everyone should have access to it? Uh, well, the... Uh the municipalities can create their own laws that uh, or restrictions that may be um, uh, a little more restrictive than the underlying law. But um, you know, to answer your question, as far as um, uh, not allowing uh, people in the school district to use it, I mean, there there are specific uh, occupations that that um, don't allow. Uh, the use, for example, mm-hmm. firefighters and law enforcement, uh, EMTs, um, but uh, each municipality will uh, create their own kind of guidelines, um, particularly where dispensatories are located within their their jurisdiction. So there, there's there's some some leeway there for um, localities to implement what they believe is best uh, for their community. But as a, as a business owner, operator, can, can any business determine their own policy for the workplace? Uh, the, that, that's sort of a loaded question, but the, the answer <laughs> is it's, the Act is very pro-employer. Um, mm-hmm. they, they've had established 
um, you know, drug-free or zero-tolerance policies. They can enforce that against a medical marijuana uh, patient. Um, you can, they can restrict patients from possessing or using at work. Um, the, so so there, there's as, as much as this act seems to uh, provide for, um, you know, benefits of, of using uh, medical marijuana, it, it, it does a, a very uh, strong job and good job of protecting employers from their interests of, of, of providing a, you know, drug-free workplace. So with just a couple minutes left here, there's, you know, many different things we could look at, but this really creates an entirely new economic segment in the state, um, you know, the, the actual industry behind it. Uh, can can anybody get involved now in the in the growing and selling of cannabis if it's for medical use, or is that a regulated process? Oh, it's absolutely going to be highly regulated. Um, you know, subject to app, app, you know, there's a, a lengthy application process. Whether you're one of the 60 um, dispensatories that will be, you know, basically you know, basically serving as the pharmacy to the uh, marijuana patients, or if you're the um, one of the limited 22 uh, cultivation centers um, that grows the medical marijuana to sell at the dispensatories. Um, you know, there's age, certain age qualifications, background checks. Um, you know, there's a, a laundry list of, of requirements and processes you have to go through in order to be able to own and, and operate a dispensatory or um, grow marijuana uh, um, grow marijuana under a uh, cultivation center um, situation, um, and they'll be highly uh, regulated, highly supervised, um, and subject to inspections. So, um, you know, one key key note is that there are limita- limits on how many of these dispensatories and and cultivation centers that are permitted under the act, and um, you know, the, I, I think a common question is, well, can, can I just become one? And and uh, I, I think it's uh, where there's a high demand with a, a low a low um, allowance. Uh, it, you know, I uh, I suspect, even though this is probably not part of the act of itself, there's there's you know to, to have a certain financial back backing and um, you know have, having certain contacts uh, within the legislature may may assist in obtaining uh, one of the prized uh, certifications. Well, there's uh, certainly many more questions we could do here, and I think the best we can do is ask Cameron to come back and join us again uh, in the near future to talk about the law and his new book. Uh, For more information, visit Amazon.com and look for Illinois Medical Marijuana Law FAQ Handbook. And uh, Cameron and his colleagues can be reached at 847-705-7555 or, of course, at LavelleLaw.com. Thanks very much for listening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.